Welcome to Real Cup Radio. And tonight we are talking about a cold case. Next year will be the 25th year for John Benet Ramsey, and they still have not found her killer. Tonight we're going to show you who the killer is, or who we believe the killer is, and we're going to ask for your help at the end. So I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen and take some notes as we go through this. My guest tonight, first of all, when this happened, she was just a concerned mother, concerned about her son. She's doing a lot more now. But her name is Melinda Kula. How are you doing tonight, Melinda? Absolutely wonderful. And I am so grateful to you and your wife for getting this information out there so she can have justice, this little John Benet Ramsey. One of the things I want to say is, over 20-something years, you have been basically carrying this on your shoulder, this burden. Because I'm a mother and I'm a grandmother. That's why. So I felt like that, you know, we were going to come alongside you and help. It's time to get this over with. You know, the killer has been running around for 24 years. What we're going to do is we're, we're going to go through and we're going to start... I want to make this statement, first of all. Lou Smith had it right. The Boulder police had it right. They just did not have all the information because somebody was hiding the information. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's talk about it at the very beginning. John Ramsey joined the Navy in 1966. Suda Bay Training Center in the Philippines is where we're going to start. And he was stationed there 1968 through 1969. You want to tell us about Sudik Bay? Yes, that is the most important opening because the closing of that two and one half page ransom note is SBTC, Subic Bay Training Center. That's the beginning of the relationship of John Ramsey and this man who claims wholeheartedly to be the illegitimate son when John Ramsey was stationed at Subic Bay Training Center. Now, one thing I want people to understand is, unfortunately, when our military troops go all over the world, a lot of times they end up sleeping with prostitutes, sleeping with young girls. There are a lot of 13, 14, 15-year-old girls that end up getting pregnant from our troops. In the Philippines alone, there's over half a million born-out-of-wedlock children don't know, know who their father is, or some of them, you know, have contact with their fathers. I've seen a lot of the fathers have been trying to find their children since this has happened, but just keep that in mind. The Sudik Bay Training Center. We're going to talk about the first karate school. The first karate school is so important because the owner was Scott Razor. That was his true name, but his alias, and everybody who does crime uses aliases, and that's Tom Yobagi. Tom Yobagi had a student, Bill Ramsey, and his two friends, Ed and Terry. Tom Yobagi was later discovered, and this was in Manahawkin, New Jersey. He was later discovered that he was a pedophile, and he had molested over 53 of his young children that were in his children's class while, and this is so important, while in the evening class, 
He was training the police officers of Manahawkin, New Jersey, for self-defense tactical training. And in that brochure from this original pedophile karate instructor in Manahawkin, the first school, it states foreign faction. This is training to protect you against foreign faction. So remember that those two words were in the ransom note. The fact that there is a pedophile connection here links to the Manahawkin, New Jersey karate instructor who was training Bill Ramsey and the police officers and his two friends. And the ransom note speaks about my two friends have your daughter. So bear that in mind. It was pleaded down, this criminal who molested 53 children, it was pleaded down to nine counts just to save the children from reliving the horrible experiences they went through from this man. Now we have a second school. The first one's closed down. Now there's a second school. And that is where Bill Ramsey and his two friends meandered into the building and participated in the class of the second school. Let me back up real quick because on the first karate school, when they shut it down because they put the guy in prison, the police asked Bill to come pick up all the leftover stuff from the training. And so Bill and his two friends went and picked up. What did they pick up? They picked up the leftover stun guns. That's important because one of the weapons, the original weapon used against John Bonet, was a stun gun. And in fact, it was a taser stun gun. Bill Ramsey originally had just the taser stun gun, inherited the others from the closing of the school, but this is most interesting. He used the taser stun gun on Tom Yobagi, Doberman Pinscher, because he wanted to know how the dog would react to being hit with it once, hit with it twice, and hit with it a third time. I believe this is an indication of premeditated murder against John Bonet, or if nothing else, the kidnapping. He wanted to see how many times that dog needed to be hit before that dog was left immobile, as with John Bonet. She was hit three times. When we go to karate school two, this is where all the information is coming from because you had a child that was in the karate school and your husband was in the karate school yes my son was in the earlier class my husband in the evening class but we would both stay because it was extra learning for my son when we were there for several months there was no problems all of a sudden one day i brought my son to class i had the most overwhelming sense of fear and dread so I held my son close to me, and I looked around on the bleacher, very high on the bleacher to keep the parents away from the children. There is a man. I can only see his back from the back. He's a very small frame man, 5 feet 6, maybe 130 pounds soaking wet. That man looked like a Charles Manson lookalike, and every one of those parents or grandparents or caregivers, the hair on their arms and their back of the neck stood up from that one man, and his name was Bill Ramsey. Okay, now, this is real important, too. So Bill Ramsey came to the park, right? They were doing a demonstration at the park? Yes. And that's where he originally filled out an application. It was in the briefcase, and it was hidden there for years. 
yeah. So so then when he showed up to the karate school a couple weeks later, he filled out another application because the instructor said he had misplaced the first one. Absolutely. Now we're just before Christmas. Two things disappear. A Christmas, John Bonet was murdered. Two things out of that school. School was broken into, and two things were stolen. Yes. A wooden sword that was very, very ornate hanging on the wall. Bill Ramsey coveted that sword because he's all about wood and wood carvings. But only that one application belonging to Bill Ramsey that was in the drawer. The drawer was found open. The file was pulled out. All the other applications remained in that file, but not Bill Ramsey's. That one disappeared. Tell about the high-tech boots. Bill Ramsey's sitting high in the bleachers just before his visit to collect what he announced to everyone, his $118,000 inheritance for that particular year. He was getting ready for the trip to see his father to collect the money, so he purchased a brand-new pair of high-tech brand bootwear for the journey. The same print, the same size shoe that was found in the salt dust that came from the concrete floor where John Binet was found killed. Let's go back to the $118,000. What the audience has to understand is this is stuff that Bill said himself. You know, he said... I am going down to see my father in Colorado, and I'm going to collect $118,000 inheritance. He also said he hated his father. He hated his siblings. He's the one that even said that he that he came from the Philippines. That you know all the stuff. This is coming out of his own mouth. This is not stuff that we're just making up. You know, as scenario thing here. So, also his truck. It was black. Yes, he ran me off the road, which is very important, with his black Ford Ranger pickup truck. The license plate number then was JJW, as in window, 26D as in diamond. Later, after the journey back, after the return, without the $118,000, without it, because now he couldn't pay the tuition, delinquent tuition, for himself and his two friends. The $118,000, he told the instructor he's going to come back and he's going to pay for himself and his two friends, Ed Keller and Terrence Knight. Yes. So then now we're going on Christmas break. School shut down. Remember, it starts out at kidnapping. The kidnapping goes on. I think it went on to about 2 o'clock before they actually found the body, right? The neighbor across the street heard a blood-curdling scream of a child. It is that blood-curdling scream that was heard after the midnight hour. Somewhere between midnight and 2 o'clock. It's either midnight or 2 o'clock. I can't remember exactly. But when she heard that, she felt very, very strongly. It came from John Bonet in John Bonet's house. The neighbor looked out her window and saw that the light was on in the butcher's pantry, and that never happens. So that also gave her an indication something was wrong in the Ramsey house. Well, there was also a neighbor that saw 
who they thought was John's son, John, from his first marriage, walking down the street and went straight to the house like he knew the place. That's exactly correct. John and Patsy left their home at 5 o'clock to go and join Mr. and Mrs. Fleet White for their friend's party. When they returned, that was between 9.30 and 10 o'clock. But while they pulled away, the neighbors saw someone who was about 5 feet 6, maybe 130 pounds. That's why she thought it was John Andrew. Later she found out John Andrew was elsewhere. He had an alibi. But that same man was seen again when the police started invading the home the second time. She saw that same man running from the back, heading to the left, as it's the opposite direction that he came in. He was leaving in the same direction, heading in the same, wherever his truck was, I'm sure. And she saw that. She reported it to the authorities, and she felt like they ignored everything she just said. The Christmas thing's over. He comes back to the karate school. Your husband and him end up sparring together. You want to tell us about that? When Bill returned, he did not have the promised delinquent tuition for himself and his two friends. He was furious. He normally is not an easy person to get to know anyway. But this time, all bets were off. My husband is six feet four, 300 pounds. Bill Ramsey is 5 feet 6, 130 pounds, soaking wet. They were supposed to do a warm-up sparring. Bill attacked my husband, aggressively is punching and kicking him. My husband pushed him off and said, this is nothing but sparring, it's warm-up. I don't know what happened during your Christmas holiday, but you need to stop. Bill ran after him a second time, and he's trying to take all his frustration out on a man twice his height and twice his weight. Tom, again, backed him off, just put his hand straight out. Tom's a gentle soul, did not want to hurt him, didn't know what happened during Christmas, but he wasn't going to be a punching bag. Bill backed off, and then Bill charged at him again like a bull against some red cape. And finally, my husband just gave him a palm swipe to the chest, which sent Bill flying across the room. He bounced off the back wall, embarrassed and mortified and full of rage. And he's heading out the door, and he turned around and he said, Everybody listen to me. Do not call me Bill Ramsey anymore. I will not answer to that name. From now on, you will call me Larry Roan. Did you get it? Roan, R-O-H-N. And out the door he went. When he came back to the next karate class, he's still filled with rage, but now he's a new alias, Larry Roan. One of the adult karate students took offense and did not understand the name change. So he basically was poking the bear. And he said, Billy boy, hey, Billy boy, are you related to that little girl that was found dead in her basement. He didn't say John Bonet. He didn't say Ramsey. He only said that little girl found in her basement in Boulder, Colorado. Now, Bill Ramsey, a.k.a. Larry Roan, is moving to the right and moving to the left and looking for a place to go and trying to respond to this because the other man didn't give up on it. Are you related to that girl? He said, I don't know no Johnny B. 
and out the door he slammed it. He slammed again out the door because that's how he responds to challenges. Out the door. How did he know that little girl's term of endearment used by her mother and father was Johnny B in the early weeks of the investigation? But he knew that. I don't even think we found that out for almost three years that Johnny B was. You're right. We did not. I have been doing this from day one, and I did not know about that until John Ramsey and Pat Ramsey came out with their book, Death of Innocence. It was in the book. Yeah, and that was that was quite a while after this all happened. I do want to point out his two friends. They dropped him like a sack of potatoes, right? Yes, they did. His girlfriend, the police said she died of a seizure, but... She had cigarette burns all over, and I mean, this is all happening right after the so-called kidnapping and then became a murder. She had been used as a punching bag, beat marks about her upper chest and her arms, and she was used as a human ashtray. He's a chain smoker of Marlboro cigarette butts, and he would put his cigarettes out on her skin, on her flesh. There's one more important thing about those Marlboro cigarette butts. When the police were at the Ramsey's home, there was a pile, a pile, someone had been there a long time, of Marlboro cigarette butts by the leg of John Binet and Burke's swing set in the backyard, only a few feet from the house. Did anybody think to gather those cigarette butts and test them for the DNA in the cigarette butts and then match it up to what was found on John Binet's body? I don't think so. The other thing is important is his truck that was black. When he got back, he immediately painted it red. He painted that truck a, what I call blood red. It's a very, very deep red. And he proceeded to run me off the road because that's what he does. But that's important to know that he uses a game called chicken to force lesser experienced drivers off the road when they are causing him grief or bringing attention to him and all of these things you are bringing up right now. And when he did that with that red, now red, blood red Ford Ranger pickup truck, think back just a few years earlier, Elizabeth Ramsey was in an automobile accident. She died. There's no witnesses. The police report was sealed when we brought that to the attention of the Boulder, Colorado authorities. They got in their car, they drove to Cook County, Illinois, and they sealed Elizabeth Ramsey's accident report where she ended up dying. What's important about this, John Bonet was murdered during the Christmas New Year holiday of 1996. Elizabeth ended up dead during the same holiday, Christmas, New Year holiday, just a few years earlier. Two of John's children end up dead during Christmas, New Year holidays, one from his first marriage, one from his second marriage, and the authorities didn't see the link, but I did. He used a double rope garage. Obviously, he had some kind of backpack or something on that he was carrying the sword in, you know, yeah. remember, let's go back to the karate sword. Um, you actually got a sword that is, is kind of like the same one and showed somebody what it would do if you, you were hitting the head with that. 
they keep seeing a flashlight. Nothing looks like a flashlight on that, you know, autopsy report. I spoke to a man from Hawaii when he listened to one of the broadcasts. He called me back and he said, listen, Melinda Kula, you are absolutely correct. A wooden karate training sword it is exactly what we use in my school here in Hawaii. And we use that because it will not cut the skin, but it will do some serious harm and is capable of killing someone. The wound to John Benet's skull, the top of her skull, is an eight and one half inch long gated V-shaped fracture. The only weapon, this man told me this, the only weapon that would cause an eight and one half inch long V-shaped like a wooden sword is, in fact, a wooden karate training sword. He said, so I don't doubt that for a minute. Nothing else would cause that kind of injury. And the only reason it didn't bleed out from that wound is because the garrote was wrapped around this poor baby's neck not once but twice, and it was pulled with the strength that would be needed to take down a 300-pound man. Bill Ramsey almost decapitated that little girl. Two-rope garrote is commonly used in the Philippines. Now remember, if Bill's saying he came from the Philippines and that's where he was raised, that would explain he learned he learned down at the shipyards. I mean, this was Sulit Bay. There was there was nothing else for the kids to do but learn this stuff. And he also was a wood carver, so the strength that he had in his arms. Because remember, they said, you know, somebody snapped off both ends of the paintbrush to make this garage because the, there's no way to turn it around with those big old long ends. You had to have some strength in your wrist to snap that. I will show some pictures, the video we do, showing some of the uh, artwork that, that Bill has done. Here's what we're basically asking for. We're asking for help. You know, we're gonna reach out to Dr. Oz or, or you know somebody in that. All we want is, you know, after 9-11, they said if there was any suspicious activity, to report it, and they would look into it. All we're asking is for them to pick this guy up and do a DNA test and a fingerprint to prove either it's him or it's not him. That's all we're asking for. Linda, do you want to read that indictment that they had given? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would like, if you don't mind, when I'm done, for you to please read Psalms 118. The Bible in her room was open to Psalms 118. Here's the indictment. On or between December 25th and December 26th in 1996, in Boulder, Colorado, John Ramsey, John Bennett Ramsey, did unlawfully, knowingly, and feroniously render assistance to a person with intent to hinder, delay, and prevent the discovery, detention, apprehension, prosecution, conviction, and punishment of such a person for the commission of a crime. Knowing, this is important, knowing the person being assisted, Bill Ramsey, a.k.a. Larry Rome, has committed and was suspected of the crime of murder in the first degree and child abuse resulting in the death of John Benet Ramsey. Actually, one eighteen twenty-seven, and the, here's the most important part of it: 
where it says, bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. So that's what it looks like he had done. So when they initially took the pictures, there was a Bible there open to that scripture, and then those Bibles disappeared. They sure did. And one uh, individual that I communicated with on multiple times called John because I questioned, where are those Bibles? He called John Ramsey and said, please, the Bibles, it's very difficult to turn those pages. Someone left fingerprints, and they probably left sweat on their fingers, transferred over to the pages of the Bible. Where are those two Bibles? John said, oh, they're, they're around here somewhere. No, I'll look them up. I'll find them for you. Then that person did not trust John, so he had someone keeping an eye on John's activities, which included John made a phone call to the same company where those Bibles came from to order two brand-new Bibles. So there would be no evidence of DNA, no evidence of sweat, and no fingerprints whatsoever on the two brand-new Bibles. What we're going to do today is, is we're going to stop here. If Melinda was to go on with all the evidence that she has found over the last 20-something years, we'd be here for three or four hours because, I mean, Melinda, you have a lot, a lot of stuff that really points. There's a couple of things that, that guys, we have not figured out. I mean, I haven't been able to track down, you know, Bill's mother in the Philippines. There's some little things there, but the majority of this is coming straight from the horse's mouth. Bill said this stuff himself. So this is worth looking into because it's time to get this solved and take care of this little girl whose blood is crying out for revenge. And the Lord is the one who is in charge of the revenge. So I just, first of all, I thank you for listening. Is there anything you want to say, Melinda, before I uh, close the show up? Oh, absolutely. It's not hard to find this man. In the police report, there is a mugshot, a police mugshot of Bill Ramsey, when he was using that name, from the year 1997. There's another arrest report from 1997 where he assaulted his girlfriend. There's a report from November 2nd, 2009 where he was using the new alias of William Lawrence Roan. And there's yet another report, December 20th, 2016, where he was caught driving without a license, and that was in Burke, North Carolina. So there's police records on this chameleon in Burke, North Carolina, in Palm Beach County in Florida, and in Ocean County, New Jersey. What does that do to help us? Burke, North Carolina was in 2016. That tells us what he's looking like today. They have his mugshot. It will also give us his fingerprints. Granted, it's not a palm print, but it's his fingerprints. Another thing is, if they won't pick him up on that, the IRS should get him for tax evasion because tell the story about how you uh, got a copy of the license I received a phone call from a very frightened man. He said he was from North Carolina. He was Bill Ramsey's employer, but that Bill Ramsey was using the name Bill Lawrence Roan at that time. And he had given him a W-2 form. He said that he, out of the corner of his eye, saw Bill Ramsey in his own home, in his office, in his home, wrinkle it up and throw it in the garbage. That employer turned around and went to him and said, you need to file your taxes. 
you need that document and I do not want to get audited because you didn't file your taxes. I am a contractor. You are an independent contractor. Bill Ramsey left it in the garbage. Bill Ramsey, using the name Larry Roan, he turned around and said, I have not filed my taxes in the last 20 some odd years. He stopped filing his taxes the year John Benet was murdered. All we're asking is for them to look into this and find out what's true and what's not true. So Melinda, I'm gonna leave it at that. And if we have to, we come back and, cause I, you've got hours of material that we can go through. But yes, I'm not I gonna do. try to put too much because like I said, I believe that uh, you're gonna be telling your story on Dr. Oz next. I thank you both so much. I thank Holy Father because I know I know he wants justice for John Bonet, and I know that he's going to help both of you get this in the right hands. And I truly believe Dr. Oz is the person. All right. Well, I'm going to say that's a wrap. 